Welcome to our October 10th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. Faith in action is love, and love in action is service. By transforming that faith into living acts of love, we put ourselves in contact with God himself. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed through this service. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. We're lost and can't find our way. Find hope in the God of grace. We're poured out like water. Our hearts are like melted wax. Find comfort in the God of grace. Is there anything we can do to find eternal life? With God, all things are possible. Holy, 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 holy,
the children come forward for children's time. Many of you already know how much I love Mr. Rogers. I've been talking about Mr. Rogers quite frequently lately, and I want to share with you a very special song. It's a song that Mr. Rogers wrote, and I feel it's a song that both dwells on the reality of who you are, and I think it dwells on the reality of how much God loves you no matter what. Do you know that you are special in the eyes of God? Do you know that God loves you and no matter what mistakes you make, God loves you? I want you to hear the words of, of this song. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now, the way down deep inside you, not the things that hide you, not your toys, they just, they're just beside you, but it's you I like. Every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new, I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like. It's you yourself. It's you. It's you I like. There's this cool phrase that's called provenient grace. And provenient grace is a statement that uh, the founder of United Methodist Church, a gentleman named John Wesley, made many, many years ago. And it proclaims that God loves us even before we know who we are. God loves us before we learn that we're pretty good soccer players. God loves us even before that we learn we're pretty good at math. God loves us even before we learn how to walk, how to talk. Here's the cool one. God loves us even before we know what our names are. And when I think about Provenient Grace, I think about this song from Mr. Rogers. It's you I like. I want you all to remember... When you stub your toe, when you have a bad day, when you get in a fight with your brothers and your sisters, as long as you go and ask forgiveness and try to repair mistakes, God loves you no matter what. God loved you before you knew you. And God loves you and there's always a place of forgiveness even when you mess up. I want you to remember that this week because I'm going to tell you a secret I already know. I'm going to mess up next week. I already know it. 
But as long as I'm willing to work through whatever mistake I make, and as long as I'm willing to repair any, participate in having conversations with the people who I may hurt their feelings, that there is a place of forgiveness and God doesn't stop loving me because God doesn't like what we do. God doesn't like the clothes we wear. The thing that God loves is you. Precious God, thank you for making us special. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for being present in our lives no matter what. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Eternal God, even when you seem far away, you are actually as close as our every breath. Even when we feel forsaken by your love, you deliver us from evil. Transform us in this time of worship that we might know the joy of your loving presence and heed your call to give our lives and love to your world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah.
let's join together in our words of assurance. Even when we feel poured out like water, Christ offers us grace and mercy. Even when God seems far away, Christ gives us hope and encouragement. Even when we feel abandoned and alone, Christ brings us peace and contentment. Christ is with us always. Thanks be to God. Our scripture today comes from the Old Testament book of Job, chapter 23, verses 1 through 9, and then continuing with verses 16 and 17. Even today, my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him. And there I could be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. And if I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I am not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. As we move into the time for our sermon, I believe many of you have begun to see these sermons on these videos have become much more of conversations than a structured sermon and today even more so this is a hard conversation to have as we work with the scripture in the book of Job so I want for us to to kind of talk it through so as we move into this time of conversation let's join together in prayer precious and loving God we thank you for your spirit your presence your love and all the ways that it moves and flows in our lives. Gracious God, today as we have this hard conversation, I pray that you reveal to us the realities of your being and shine on us the realities of your presence. Be with us today, God. Nothing happens unless it's sparked by you. Amen. It's hard scripture today. A very hard scripture today. I'm going to go ahead and, and pull up a, a slide for me to see because I want to read through this with you one more time. And there are some nuances to this, this, this scripture today found in the book of Job chapter 23. It's going to be hard to deal with. It's going to be hard to discuss. Let me read this for you one more time. 
Even today, my complaint is bitter in his hand. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out that he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No. He would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judgment. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Let's deal with this scripture for a minute because this is hard. And here's a conversation I want to have because I hear, hear this language in the scripture. And as we look at the, the being of Job, uh, there's, there's a lot to decompress. The, the conversation I want to have with you, and this won't be the easiest of conversations that I have, I almost want to prepare you, um, if you watch these videos with your children, today's sermon might be a PG-13 rated sermon. Very recently, I was asked by one of our Sunday school teachers if I believed in hell. It was very honest and a, a pure question. I, knowing the individual who asked this question of me, I, I didn't feel like I was being caught in some kind of ploy or caught in some kind of trap to, to say something that may be used against me later. The, the person who asked me this, I, I find I have great integrity and I really felt it was, wow, it was a really powerful and pure question to, to ask your pastor. Do you believe in hell? Now, I'll, I'll share with you, when I look at my preaching style, I'm so much of a whiff-in-the-moment preacher. I, I preach practical Christianity. I, I preach what it means to be active in the use, to live out, to embody the things that we believe in. So... I spent a lot of time talking about the mo moment. If I was to steal words from one of my favorite musicals, Rent, I, I am a very much, there is this philosophy that there's no day but today. I, I share this practical faith, this faith of living things out, that we go out and we live in the moment and we share in the moment and we serve in the moment. And... Quite honestly, uh, just as, as fair as it is that I could use my sermons and share that I never talk about it, so why wouldn't they ask me if I believe in it? I could almost say the same thing for heaven. As I work through the practical Christianity, it's not the pros and cons at the end of the day, but it's what we do within the moment. 
that proclaims the reality of Jesus Christ in our lives every sermon that I have ever given has had that focus. So, I don't talk about any construct of the spiritual realm in my sermons because for me, I live within a life of justifying grace. I live within these moments that I am constantly looking for ways to respond to God's calling, to be active within God's calling, and all of those things exist in the present and within our being. But today, I'll, I'll answer the question that this very dear soul asked me, and there'll be a lot to decompress in this, and it really does fall heavily on this scripture in the book of Job. And before I give my answer, I want to read the scripture one more time. Even today, my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling, I would, would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There, the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I don't find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. And when he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. I've read that scripture again, but I want you to hear that narrative, that language, as I now answer this question for you. My answer to my dear friend's question is, I do believe in hell. And I believe that hell is a separation from God. I believe that hell is a separation from being able to feel, to see, to experience God. If I use the narrative of practical Christianity that has been the focus of my preaching for many, many years, if I exist within the moment of what we do today, if I look at do all the good I can and all the ways I can and all the places I can for all the people I can, using John Wesley's narrative of Christian service, the practical Christianity of that is I exist and I am constantly responding to justifying grace. So, my narrative in response to this dear friend, and it's the answer I gave them on the day of being asked this question, became, because I am so dependent on the actions of justifying grace, that God is constantly reaching out to me, and I constantly have these opportunities to respond to God, that my definition of hell is the moment that I don't feel that God is reaching out for me.
You can hear that in this narrative. And let's look at what we know about Job. God is having this spiritual conversation, the spiritual realm with the great deceiver, and he finds the one person that he knows will not deny him, will not turn on God no matter what happens in their lives. And we have this narrative that Job becomes the image. God says to the great deceiver that you can do anything to him, but you cannot touch him. There is even a, a, a realm of, of safety that's put around Job, even though that Job is about to go through this very terrible experience. And Job, being the faithful servant that he is, Job starts going through all this pain and all this turmoil and all this worry and being the one that has always reached back and responded and has been faithful is now finding himself in a moment that he is not hearing the call of God to reach out to and to respond to. And now I know I've read the scripture twice, but now I'm going to read it a third time. And I want you to hear, as we read through this scripture, this time, this narrative of a pure, faithful, serving individual, serving God no matter what, and even in this moment, serving God no matter what. But I want you to hear in this language, this narrative, there is a lot of separation that exists in this language. Even today, my complaint is bitter in his hand. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If only I knew where to find him, if I only I could go to his dwelling, I would state my cause before him and feel my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There, the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. And when he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. There is intense separation within that. We have all... In the last two years, and I can officially say two years, 2020, and now we're here sitting at the end of 2021, and we have all exist on this journey, and we kind of ask, where's God in all this? Where is God in all of this? In the moments of the most intense despair that I've, I've ever dealt with, with individuals who come for pastoral counseling, whether it be the grieving of a loved one who has passed away or the loss of opportunities that they loved and desired for so many years, the narrative of these conversations is, where is God 
in this. Where is God in this? There's a song that exists. Um, uh, Chris Martin, who is um, a popular pop singer, uh, he wrote it and he uh, sings it with uh, Michael Stipe, who is one of my favorite musicians, a member of the band R.E.M. And it's called In the Sun. And in this song, In the Sun, there's this beautiful narrative of an individual who is trying to find where God is in the everyday. I picture you in the sun wondering what went wrong. And trying to figure out what to believe in and if God is even real. And this whole narrative, the, the, the chorus, the, the verses of these songs is this individual trying to deal with this uh, the separation identity. And uh, the chorus answers the question, may God's love be with you always. Always. I want us to think about that because we get in those places. I just shared for the last two years as we've dealt with the COVID narrative of our existence, there has been many places of separation that have existed in that. As we have had dear friends ask and pray and 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 desire and call out for things to go back to normal and we began to see others get sick and be reminded why we can't completely go back to normal just yet knowing the limitations and knowing the safety that we have to do for other people but still existing in that belonging of normality that we can't get back to I have heard many times where is God in this? One of the more beautiful questions that I was asked, and I want you to know this is a truly beautiful question, by one of my dear friends who desired, who longed to be back in the sanctuary when we were in the heat of COVID. What would Jesus Christ say about us not having church? That's a very prayerful thing. Because when we ask questions like that, there's two things that are being expressed. One, I want to know what my faith says about this. And two, when we reach for answers to questions like that, there's something missing in our hearts and there's something that's missing in our spirit that we are longing and desiring to have a connection to. My, my answer to my dear friend, my dear, dear friend, was the great shepherd would ask for us to find another way to speak and to share, and we have. We've, we've been doing these videos for two years and sending out DVDs and doing podcasts and doing FM radio. We have been doing things in a different way so that we could feed the spiritual flock and also take care of them. But it doesn't diminish the reality of the hurt and the longing of feeling a separation of something that this dear friend wanted his connection to that I 
desired a connection to. When I look at this language in Job, there's, a, there's this intense reality that we all have to hold on to. Now, if, if Job was an unjust person, he could talk about his sins and he could say, Lord, because I have this sinful manner, I receive the penance that you send me. But listen to, Job's, listen to Job's language in this, because even Job presents the reality in this conversation. I, I haven't done anything, and I feel separated and lost. Listen to it. Would he vigorously oppose me? No. He would not press charges against me. Hearing in that language, I, I haven't done anything. There the upright can establish their innocence before him. I want to go before God. I want to find where God is so I can proclaim that there is nothing that I have done. Why am I separated? And there I would be delivered from my judge. And I love that language. I will be delivered from my judge. It's not from my judgment. It's not the actions of suffering that I'm going through. But when I hear this, and I hear this so many different times when individuals are feeling separated from things that they feel fed by, why are you taking this from me? Why are you taking this from me? And, and Job's language, deliver me from my judge. Not the judgment, but the judge. Deliver me from what is taking this from me. There's so much intense grieving in this. And when I hear this scripture, and we think about the stages of grieving there is this bargaining stage of grieving that I very much hear in Job's language in this situation. I just want to go. I just want to talk to you. I just want to petition myself. And if you listen to me and you listen to me petition myself, we can bargain this through and I can be free from the judge. There's also the anger in that, he talks about how the, the heavy, the heavy handedness, he talks about that if, if he could just go to this dwelling place that he's been pulled away from, if he could state things, he knew that his mouth would be filled with arguments. There's, there's anger in this, and that's definitely one of the many stages of grieving. There's petitioning, there's, gar there's bargaining, there is, there's giving up. I don't see him. He's not north, he's not south, he's not east, he's not west. Man, that's scary. But that's the answer to the question my dear friend recently asked me. Because that's what, that's what I see that hell is. It's a separation. And it's a separation we can't do anything about. It is a complete separation from God. And we hear that from Job. I don't see him in the north. I don't see him in the south. I don't see him in the east. I don't see him in the west. 
man, if I could just find him, if I just could go to wherever he is, I could go there, I could petition, I could share what's happening, I could be set free from this situation. That's what I feel. And that's what I see in this language of Job. So, <laughs> I, I kind of don't like giving sermons that don't end happy. But I don't know how to get to a happy ending of this because that's what Job's dealing with. But if we look at Job, we also have to see the end of Job. That everything's restored. And that's when you begin to see where God is. One of the things that I share with people very frequently, especially when I, I receive from them this language that they don't see God, they feel separated from God, that God is not there. I remind them where I started this conversation with justifying grace. There's something I'm constantly responding to. There's something I'm constantly trying to have an interaction with. Well, once upon a time, our lives... Uh, existed in provenient grace as well and provenient grace is this acknowledgement that god is real and active even before we know who god is god is real and active before we can say god's name god is real and active before we can say our own names so when i walk in this moment that i feel separated from god in the moment i have to become dependent once again on provenient grace if god was real and moving in my life before i knew him if god was real and moving in my life before i knew me then god is real and moving in my life when i don't see him when i don't hear him when i don't feel him it doesn't mean that god's not there we just have to once again become dependent on the concept of provenient grace so that we can just stop for a moment and say, I don't see you, I don't hear you, I don't feel you, but what I know about grace, I know you're there. And that's the hard part. That's the closest to a happy ending that I can bring to this sermon. Because it's more visible contemplating and dealing with that I don't see God. I feel it's easier to feel the separation. It's easier. The hard part is walking this life of faith that we end up looking at the footprints narrative. And we realize that when we don't see God's footprints, it's just because... That God has picked, it up, picked us up to carry us. And just because we don't see or feel or feel connected to God, it's the challenge, challenge of re being reliant on provenient grace once again and knowing that God is there. If God was there when I didn't know him, God's there when I can't see him. Let's hold on to those things. We'll, we'll flush this out a little bit further in our, our Tuesday conversation. But for today, as we feel these feelings of separation within Job, let's remember our, our theory, the three stages of grace. And 
when we don't feel the one that we can connect to with justifying grace, let's remember the one that was there in provenient grace. And when if he was there when we didn't know him, he's there when we can't see him too. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you through all the hard things. And God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together in our prayer of giving. May our words of love be transformed into acts of love. Through the gifts we return to you now. Bless these gifts with love, that others may know your love more fully, and that we may grow closer in love to you and to all your creation. Amen.
Thank you once again for joining us for worship. Let's join together in our closing benediction. Go with God, even when God seems far away. Go with God's love, even when you don't know where to go. Go with God, for God is with us every step of the way. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you through your week. God is love. Amen.